Firepower with Will Johnson, only at Band.Video. Welcome, FirepowerNews.com. Thank you for joining us this evening. Yes, we are talking about the crazy impeachment against President Trump. Okay. The American people are seeing the Democrats for who they truly are. They are the real obstructionists. They're taking our country on a path that our, none of our children deserve. Some believe that all of this is too far gone. And the only thing that will change any of this will be a civil war, which we all don't want. We're seeing the actual takedown attempt of the duly elected president. How is it that we're supposed to have the brightest and the most courageous people in Congress? And this is where we are in our country. We become accustomed to politicians lying throughout the years. For some reason, we act as if this is now the norm. And now we complain because of the situation America is in now. Adam Schiff first said the whistleblower, you know, the anonymous whistleblower, would have his or her day before Congress. Now he is saying he doesn't know who the whistleblower is after he and his staff had meetings with this anonymous whistleblower. They don't know who the whistleblower is, but at one point they did know who the whistleblower was, right? The whistleblower showed up to Adam Schiff because they were saying, oh, we need to tell some information. And it's just convenient that the information came to Adam Schiff, right? Not anyone else, but Adam Schiff, the one who's leading the charge for the deep state against President Trump. The one who's leading the charge that's going to end up causing this this country, America, to go in a direction that it should not be. This not just happened overnight. This is something that the Democrats have been pushing for ever since Trump went down the escalator, which we all have heard repeatedly. Because we know the politicians lie constantly. Who's to say that this anonymous whistleblower even exists? How do we know the whistleblower is even real? How do we know it's just not someone Adam Schiff came up with an idea? Yeah, we'll just say, or not even him, the Democrats as a whole. The lawyer, if the, you know, the lawyer for this whistleblower posted a tweet after the election. This was right after the election saying that the coup has started and impeachment will follow. This was the lawyer. This is the actual lawyer of the anonymous whistleblower that no one knows who it is. But the lawyer put out a tweet right after president election, the presidential election of 2016, saying that the coup is here and impeachment will follow. Okay, while these impeachment hearings are taking place, there's another hearing about Jeffrey Epstein. So no matter your background, your political affiliation, your views on life, I think we all can agree, every last one of us, I think we all can agree 
that Christmas ornaments and Jeffrey Epstein don't hang themselves. And right now you can go to our sponsor, InfoWarsStore.com, and you can get one of these shirts because they Jeffrey Epstein did not hang himself. Everyone will agree to that. Everyone will agree. There's no way that a man, his height, his size, could suicide himself. It doesn't happen. So go to our sponsor today. Help us bring the information that you want to see. Help us in this debt endeavor. My name is Will Johnson, along with Tom Pepper. This is FirepowerNews.com. Band.video. Band.video. We'll see you in a minute. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. With a quid pro quo. 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 For weeks, the Democrats have been calling it a quid pro quo. Now they're calling it bribery. It turns out that House Democrats did a focus group, literally a focus group like you have in a political campaign, and they presented a bunch of questions or a bunch of phrases to average Americans, this focus group. What sounds worse? Quid pro quo, extortion, bribery. The focus group said bribery, so now that that's what the Democrats are calling it. Bribery. 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 Uh, next week it will be because we hate him. We hate him. We just got rid of him because we hate him. We hate President Trump so much. We just got to get rid of him because he's helping black people work like never before, Tom. So we hate him so much. We got to get rid of him. He's helping the economy, Tom. We got to get rid of him. He's waking people up across the planet, Tom. Look at Hong Kong. I still blame President Trump over Hong Kong because people want their freedom. What is wrong with the American people? How dare you want to keep your freedoms? Have you noticed that, Tom? (laughs) I have. That was very good. I mean, we are getting to the point where they're going to keep changing this. I mean, we've had essentially three different days of hearings and three different crimes that the president has allegedly committed, three different impeachable offenses. They just keep changing it, moving the goalpost, and now we know why. I mean, of all people to give us that information, who knew it would be somebody from Fox News? But that does, I mean, it goes with the Democrat uh, worldview. They are manufactured. They're inauthentic. They focus group and they test and they and they A B test with every single word that comes out of their mouth. I mean, there's a reason why none of these people actually run their own Twitter. President Trump is one of the only ones who does. Hillary Clinton would sign her the the five or six tweets a year she actually writes herself. She signs it with an H. So this is just more of the same <laughs> from Democrats. They don't know how to reach people. They don't know how to actually communicate with us plebeians, us normal. American citizens, they only know how to talk to other people in the Beltway and apparently foreign dignitaries from Ukraine. So it doesn't surprise me, and I can't wait to see what they come up with next. Maybe they'll just call it highway robbery or something fun. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Tom. You know, people are getting anxiety. I mean, I'm going to have to be honest. What, looking at the news, researching everything, I'm like getting anxiety because we see that they're constantly lying, the Democrats, and when they get caught in a lie, they act like it never even happened. I mean, I mean, just like I was just reading my monologue, Shifty Shift, 
He said he doesn't even know who the whistleblower is. And the Republicans keep reminding him that he said he knew who the whistleblower was because the whistleblower went to his office. Now, I don't, Tom, I don't know about you, but if I'm in shifty shifts position, right? And I get someone to come to me about information or come to my staff about information. I'm going to want to talk to this person too. I mean, that's just human nature. You're going to want to talk to him, but he's acting like no one ever talked to his staff. And we're supposed to believe this. And and people, like I said, I'm getting, it's like, I'm getting anxiety about it. And a lot of people said they're so tired and sick and tired of the impeachment hearing because, and it really just got started last week. But the whole impeachment (laughs) process, the whole impeachment thing has started, what, three plus years ago. And that's been their goal ever since. Well, that's right. I mean, they've been trying to impeach President Trump since January of 2017 when he was sworn into office. They've been trying to say every little tweet that he sends, every little remark that he makes, every rally he holds, all of them to the left have been impeachable offenses. And only now that the Democrat Party is less than a year away from the from the election and they have no viable candidate, they have a party that is more unorganized and totally, totally nobody is loyal to Nancy. Nobody is loyal to Biden. You've got uh, so much fracturing in the Democrat Party. I honestly believe they think impeachment is their only chance at unifying the party in time for a creepy, sleepy Uncle Joe or cat lady uh, Pocahontas to hop in and save the day. And I I would be surprised if Americans weren't this Anxious. I think that's the right yeah. word. Uh, but uh, one of the good things about this, Will, uh, Paul Joseph Watson reported for Summit News, this is actually some of the least engaged audience, the people watching the impeachment hearings every single day. Nobody cares. Less people are watching this than yes. Kavanaugh. Less people are watching this than Mueller. Less yep. people are watching this than the scumbag lawyer Cohen. Less people are watching this than Comey. Nobody seems to care. The Democrats played their hand three years ago, and now everybody's bored with it. And then on top of that, if you look at the ratings, CNN is like in the dirt when it comes to this whole impeachment ratings. And they've been they've been the biggest mouthpiece for this impeachment. The biggest mouthpiece. Fox News is getting more ratings than CNN when it comes to people viewing the impeachment hearing. And, you know, CNN is like they're just all upset about it because they're like, wait a minute, we're the ones championing this impeachment. They're the ones constantly pushing it, even in the Veritas. And on top of that, Tom, I'm 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 really surprised that we haven't seen Camilla Crazy Harris come out and talk about uh, President Trump supposedly being uh, aggressive towards the witnesses. What what, what are they call it? How are they calling it? Witness uh, intimidation. I'm surprised Camilla Harris can't came out and say, "See, this is why we need to remove President Trump from Twitter," because she has a, <laughs> her whole thing. Her whole campaign is to remove. President Trump offered Twitter because he's reaching millions upon millions of people on a daily basis and she can't do it. She's like, I- I'm so upset because I can't reach the people like he is. So we have, a, we have, were you going to say something? I was going to. Well, no, I think that's right. I think Kamala Harris is either starting to get some very good or very bad advice because that would be the logical step for her at this right. point And she's not doing it. So uh, yeah. I, she either fired a campaign advisor or hired a new one. Yeah, I mean, if I was crazy Camilla Harris, that's exactly what I would be doing. I'm like, wait a minute, look, he's intimidating witnesses. We need to remove him from Twitter. Now, I'm not trying to put that out there because I know we have progressive, hateful, communist, leftist, Democrat, socialists watching our broadcast. And they're probably going to say, oh, yeah, call Camilla Harris. Tell her to do that. Tell her to do that. So if it happens tomorrow, we can say we did it. 
we we broke it. <laughs> we gave it an idea. But anyways, let's let's play some of this video before we go out. This is John Radcliffe. I mean, he's talking about the quick pro quo. I mean, so that didn't work because a lot of people say, okay, well, okay, whatever, whatever. I mean, seriously, that's the way governments work. And we all know that. Let's go to the clip. In a press conference last Thursday, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said that President Trump committed the impeachable offense of bribery uh, evidenced in his July 25th call transcript with President Zelensky. In concert with that, multiple Democratic members of this committee gave TV and radio interviews over this past week discussing how the president's conduct supported his impeachment for committing bribery. All of which struck me as very odd because for the longest time this was all about quid pro quo according to the whistleblower complaint. But after witness after witness began saying there was no quid pro quo or even that quid pro quo was not even possible, we saw a shift from the Democrats. They briefly started to refer to the president's conduct on the July 25th call as extortion. And now it shifted again last week to bribery. Ms. Williams, um, you used the word unusual to describe the president's uh, call last uh, on July 25th. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman used the word inappropriate and proper. Now, I've word searched each of your transcripts. And the word bribery or bribe doesn't appear anywhere in that. Ms. Williams, you didn't, you've never used the word bribery or bribe to uh, explain President Trump's conduct, correct? No, sir. Colonel Vindman, you haven't either. That is correct. The problem is, in an impeachment inquiry that the Speaker of the House says is all about bribery, where bribery is the impeachable offense, no witness has used the word bribery to describe President Trump's conduct. Of None course, of no witness has. And the reason why no witness has because or no witness have because they don't have anything in the Constitution except the word bribery shows up in the U.S. Constitution. So they're saying they're going to use that to impeach President Trump or to attempt to impeach President Trump. Because if you go word search the U.S. Constitution, you can find in there the word bribery. So they were like, this is it. This is the smoking gun we've been looking for. That, along with the witness intimidation, they're, uh, they're putting together trying to get at President Trump. They're going to harm this country, people. You got to vote them out. Firepowernews.com. So, Tom, if you're the president of the United States, which you very well could be one day, and I would vote for you, and you decide to tell, uh, you know, people who work for you to look at certain things, to investigate certain things, and, and they go out and they investigate corruption. Okay, let's just say you're going to investigate investigate corruption in various places, people that dealt with, you know, America, because corruption just doesn't happen in America. Corruption happens all over the planet. Corruption is not just in the Ukraine. 
this corruption here in America. So if you're in your in your time and you have people investigating this corruption, you come across some information during your investigation. Are you supposed to just let it go because they're <laughs> American citizens or do you like, wait a minute, we didn't know this was taking place. Maybe we should look into it. I mean, what's well, the natural order of things here? I would think that the normal procedure, and by the way, Will, you're too kind. I think all of my appearances on these broadcasts, I am far too opinionated to ever make it to the Oval <laughs> Office, but um, not even in my aspirations. But uh, I do think that the normal course of action, if you discover what could be a massive global corruption scandal, you would investigate that with every single resource and every single individual at your disposal, regardless if it's somebody who is across the aisle or on the same side of the aisle. And I think that's what President Trump is trying to do. I mean, never forget that Mitt Romney is implicated in this, a so-called Republican in the Senate. He has a family member working in Ukraine. Everybody is using Ukraine as a piggy bank, as a money launderer. The United States sends money to Ukraine, and then some of that money gets funneled back to the pockets of these deep state politicians. So, yeah, I think that the proper procedure, if you care about your country, would be to go full speed ahead like a bat out of hell and figure out what is going on and end the corruption. Right, exactly. So they're acting like President Trump doing this is against the law. He should have never done it. So let's play this clip here where there's a Democrat asking the question, can a U.S. president look into corruption or investigation, et cetera, et cetera. And let's just see this response. This is from the hearing from today. Would it ever be U.S. policy, in your experience, to ask a foreign leader to open a political investigation? There are proper procedures in which to do that. Uh, certainly the, the president is well within his right to do that. He's well within his rights to do that. I mean, today was a terrible day for the Democrats up on the Hill. They did not want this to turn out the way that it did. There was, there was no bribery. There was no... You know, no forcing anyone to look into Joe Biden, even no one. No, President Trump didn't do anything wrong. You asked the president of Ukraine um, what he thought about it. And he was like, no, there was no quick pro pro. There was nothing wrong done here. Oh, he's lying all of a sudden. I mean, this is what we get. It's fascinating, Will. Every single day, every single hearing we've had, I just keep thinking, this can't get worse. This can't get worse for the Democrats. And then the next day, they somehow managed to one-up the day before. If you didn't know, if you, if our audience wasn't educated, you wouldn't know that the Democrats rehearsed all this in the bunker beneath the Capitol. This has all been rehearsed. Every single thing that these people have said, they've been coached, they were brought in, they were interviewed by a panel of Democrats, they all know exactly exactly what to say and they're still making a mess of it it just really yes. goes to show the impeachment crowd has nothing going for them it's a thinly veiled sham that again is getting i mean here's a here's a example for you there are cnn primetime hosts that are getting more viewers than impeachment and that really says something i mean the cnn <laughs> primetime lineup is terrible and they're even more popular than impeachment Exactly. You know, when I go, I look at uh, the Communist News Network and Fox News and others on a, a, mo a mobile device and is connected to a specific, uh, a specific, uh, uh, com or, I mean, how do I say this? A network. Okay. I just say that. And a service provider. And right there, biggest day CNN that says impeachment hearings, when everyone else says they're normal shows, 
CNN just has impeachment hearings for all day. But anyways, I digress. Let's go. There's, here's a clip with Jim Jordan where he's talking about how all of this started before the whistleblower. All of this has been in the making from day one f- from President Trump announcing or uh, that he's running for president. Not let alone that, you know, he won in 2016. But this has all started before the end. So let's go to this clip with Jim Jordan, which is a really awesome kind of dude. The truth is the attacks actually started before before the inauguration, even before the election. The ranking member talked about this, his opening statement, July 2016. FBI opens an investigation, so-called Trump-Russia coordination collusion, which was never there. Open an investigation spied on two American citizens associated with the presidential campaign. My guess is that's probably never happened in American history, but they did it. And for 10 months, Jim Comey's FBI investigated the president. Guess what? After 10 months, they had nothing. And you know why we know that? Because when we deposed Mr. Comey last Congress, he told us they didn't have a thing. No matter. Special Counsel Mueller gets appointed, and they do a two-year, $40 million, 19-lawyer, unbelievable investigation. And guess what? They come back, and they got nothing. But the Democrats don't care. So now we get this. Bunch of depositions in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol. Witnesses who aren't allowed to answer questions about who they talked to about the phone call. We get this. All based on some anonymous whistleblower. No firsthand knowledge. Bias against the president. These facts have never changed. We learned these right away. Who worked with Vice President Biden. Who wrote a memo the day after somebody talked to him about the call. But waited 18 days to file a complaint. 18 days to file a complaint. What did he do in those 18 days? We all know. Ran off and talked with chairmanship staff. And then hired, hired the legal team that I just talked about. That I just talked about. One of the steps in the whole impeachment coup, as his legal team has said. This is scary what these guys are putting our country through. It is, it is, it is sad. It is scary. It is wrong. And the good news is the American people see through it all. They know the facts are on the president's side. As Representative Stefanik said, four facts will never change. We got the transcript, which they never thought the president would release. Shows no coordination, no conditionality, no linkage. We got the two guys on the call, President Trump, President Zelensky, who have said, Nothing wrong, no pressure, no pushing here. We got the fact the Ukrainians didn't even know aid was held up at the time of the call. And most importantly, we have yet to have one witness tell us that the any any evidence from anyone that, that President Zelensky did anything on investigations to get the aid released. Those facts will never change. The facts are on the president's side. The process is certainly not. It has been the most unfair process we have ever seen, and the American people understand it. Those 63 million Americans, they understand it, and frankly, I think a lot of others do as well. They see what this is, this for what it is, and they know this is wrong, especially wrong, just 11 months before the next election. I yield this back. is wrong for our country, for, and it's wrong for us to have this happen to our children, because they are the ones who's gonna be affected by all of this. We'll be back. But 
I was struck when you testified in your deposition. I would say, first of all, I'm the director for Ukraine. I'm responsible for Ukraine. I'm the most knowledgeable. I'm the authority for Ukraine, for the National Security Council and the White House. I just want a clarification. You report to Tim Morrison, correct? In my advisory report is Tim Morrison. Yeah, in correct? my advisor, just to, to clarify, in my only in my advisory capacity, I advise up through the chain of command. That's what I do. And the chain of command is Tim Morrison to Ambassador uh, John Bolton, the National Security Advisor to the President of the United States. Mm-hmm. And do you agree that the President sets the policy as Commander in Chief, as you testified previously? Absolutely. Thank you. My time's expired. So I have the question: Is why is he even there then? I mean, what what is his purpose of being there today, Tom? I mean, if President Trump get to make all the decisions on foreign policy and what he says go, what is his purpose? Well, I think you could ask the same question of every single witness the Democrats have caused or called. I mean, from the first day, we had the guy who heard from a guy who heard from a guy who remembers him saying to another guy. I mean, it's all so circumstantial hearsay nonsense. And then this is the latest example. I mean, I think this clown basically went to the Hill today to complain that President Trump is doing his own foreign policy. And he's not just continuing the failed foreign policy of the Republican establishment for the past 70, 80 years, which, by the way, is the same exact failed foreign policy as the Democrats, because it's all the big uniparty. They're all here to suck the wealth out of America through a massive vacuum. It's not a straw anymore. It's a massive vacuum. That's what they're here for. This guy's upset that President Trump wasn't going along with the scheme the globalists have put in place. So that is the only reason why you could guess that he's there, because he's certainly not doing the Democrats any favors. (laughs) No, he's not not at all so let me ask you um so why i I believe that he and i'm talking about what uh, vinman i believe he got caught in a lie now he says that he doesn't know who the whistleblower is but as soon as they start asking certain questions of him like who did you tell this to who did you tell that to all of a sudden shifty shift wants to jump in and prevent him from naming someone's name. So why would he want to do that? What is it that he's hiding? So he does know the whistleblower, or does he not know the whistleblower? Because if he doesn't know the whistleblower, the person's name that Shifty Shift is preventing him from saying shouldn't be an issue. It should be out for the open. The American people Mm. should hear every person that he told this information to. Not asking the details of the information, of course. But we should know what information was relayed. You know, as far as who relayed the information, excuse me. So. I mean, I, I agree completely, Will. Yeah, no, you're right. And the, the whole fact, this facade that we all don't know who the whistleblower is, Mr. Eric Ciaramella, allegedly, CIA Ramella, the fact that we all have to continue playing this game, pretending that we have no idea who this guy is, is absurd. Right. But it's even more absurd when you're talking about these witnesses because they have, they have, we know, in the bunker, in the basement, they've interfaced with Schiff and his team. They are part of the Schiff show. They are completely on board with what's going on. So the fact that they have never met the whistleblower or don't know who he is, I mean, it's bad enough that you and me, Will, we're supposed to pretend that we don't know who Eric Ciaramella is, but now you've got this guy who I would bet that he probably has the whistleblower's cell phone number saved in his phone, and he has to pretend that he doesn't yeah, know who the whistleblower is. Exactly. You can't even say Eric Ciaramella on Fox News. You can't say it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or wherever 
Because if you do, you're subject to getting banned or removed if you name the whistleblower. I mean, so if this is not the actual whistleblower, why would they care about us saying his name? Okay, so let's go to let's go to Nunez here. Because Nunez is this is where Nunez brings it all out to light. And it is it's so beautiful. And I, I truly believe that uh that he got caught in a lie. Let's go to it. 25th phone call with anyone outside the White House on July 25th or the 26th, and if so, with whom? Yes, I did. Uh, my core function is to coordinate U.S. government policy, interagency policy, and I spoke to two individuals with regards to um, providing a some, some sort of readout of the call. Two individuals that were not in the White House? Not in the White House, cleared U.S. government officials with a, with a appropriate need to know. And what agencies uh, were these officials with? Department of State, um, Department of State uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent, who is responsible for the, uh, the, the portfolio uh, Eastern Europe, including Ukraine, and a individual from the office of uh, uh, an individual in the intelligence community. Uh, what, uh, as you know, the intelligence community has 17 different agencies. Uh, what agency was this individual from? If I could interject here, uh, we don't want to use these it's proceedings. Our, it's our time, I know, Chair. but we need to protect the whistleblower. Um, <laughs> if, please stop. I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. Um, if the witness has a good faith belief that this may reveal the identity of the whistleblower, so it's not they're asking for the identity of the whistleblower. They're asking for the agency. So if they ask for the agency, apparently Shifty Shift knows it's going to be like, oh, wait a minute. This might come right back to us. We are the whistleblower. We're the one that made all of this up. That's my perception of it, Tom. Well, if they admit that the whistleblower comes from the CIA, which is essentially what that line of questioning was leading to, you know, who did you talk to, what government agency, if they admit that this came from the CIA, first of all, the CIA has no business spying on American citizens, let alone the United States president. Second of all, I mean, it's been reported so far and so wide who this whistleblower is. So if we even have an inkling of, yeah, he works at the CIA, then a lot of folks, perhaps myself included, are going to assume that is a as close as we're going to get to an admission that Mr. Sharamella is the whistleblower. So, the, and by the way, I, I love that the Republican Party, I don't have a lot of admiration for them, but the fact that we had some booze, some laughter, when we've got little pencil neck, we have to protect the whistleblower. <laughs> Boo! Yeah, that was very rewarding to listen to. Yeah, yeah. It was actually, it was one time where the, uh, what's his name? I want to make sure I say his name. Vidman. When he made a comment about in his opening statement about how his dad should be proud of him and, you know, then they all clapped, you know, <laughs> and any other time, any other time, Schiff would have been, you know, the gavel, settle down, settle down. But he, he accept those claps. Uh, that was that was earlier in in when I was watching. Well, and, so. and Will, you have to just ask yourself, what is this Vinman clown? This is the best guy they could get. The guy is just, just, just a stammering. He can't seem to get, 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 get it out. And, and then I, 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 then I, I, I this is yeah, the key witness. This is the guy. Yeah, he is. He is. He is now the new star witness. I mean, so. <laughs> and, you know, it's dude, it's such a circus. 
It's newness. He hit it. He hit it on the head. It is such a circus. That's why people are fed up with it. That's why people are sick about it. I'm like, my God, what are you doing? This is taking our country in a direction that's going to be, I mean, it's terrible. Everyone wonder like America is going to like last forever. Is it going to last forever? Is America going to be the greatest country ever forever? I mean, is it? I mean, that's the question I would like to know. I would like to believe so. But because we have Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats, if they have it their way, Tom, the America is not going to be the greatest country in the world because it's like they, they truly hate this country so much because right. of all the good things that it's done for humanity, not just the American people, but the humanity throughout history, the creation of this nation. What is done well, for people. Go ahead, Tom. Well, just remember, these are the people who go around saying America was never great. America has yes. not yet achieved greatness. These are the people who hate America. They hate everything that it stands for. And if we allow these people to continue to throw their power and their weight around unchecked, then, I mean, I don't look forward to the day, and I hope it's a peaceful dissolution, but I think we are looking at a point here where the United States that we see today may no longer exist, and God willing, hope, I just hope we can live to see it on the other side will yeah i'm completely with you tom i mean we deserve better than this we deserve better than what the democrats are giving us we deserve a lot better because we've earned it as americans firepowernews.com we'll be back and colonel you never leaked information I never did, never would. That is, uh, that is preposterous that I would do that. Okay. Uh, Colonel, it's, uh, it's interesting. We deposed a lot of people in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol <clears throat> over the last several weeks. But, uh, of all those depositions, only three of the individuals we deposed were actually on the now somewhat famous July 25th phone call between President Trump and President Zelensky. There was you, the individual sitting beside you, Miss Williams. And then there were, of course, was your boss, Mr. Morrison, who I just read from his, his deposition. When we asked Miss Williams who she spoke to after the call about the call, she was willing to answer our questions and chairmanship allowed her to answer our questions. When we asked Mr. Morrison who he spoke to after the call about the call, he was willing to answer our question and Mr. Schiff allowed, chairmanship allowed him to answer our question. But when we ask you, you first told us three individuals at the NSC, your brother and the two lawyers. And then you said there was a group of other people you communicated with, but you would only give us one individual in that group, Secretary Kent. And the chairman would only allow you to give us that name. When we ask you who else you communicated with, you would not tell us. So I want to know first, how many other people are in that group of people you communicated with outside the four individuals I just named? Yes, uh, Mr. Jordan, on uh, call readout, certainly after the first call, there were probably a half a dozen or more people that I uh, read out. Those are people with the, the proper clearance and the, the need to know. In this case, because of the sensitivity of the call and Mr. Eisenberg told me not to speak to anybody else, I only read out, outside of the NSC, two individuals. Two individuals. Das Kent and one other uh, person. And you're not willing to tell us who that other individual is? Mr. I, Chairman, I, point of order. Mr. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, point of order. The gentleman suspend. Counsel. Uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, I would ask you Block. to enforce the uh, the rule Block. with regard to the disclosure, with regard to the uh, intelligence officer. 
Um, thank you, Council. You know, as I indicated before, this committee will not be used to out the whistleblower. Um, that same uh, Mr. Chairman, can, necessity can you, can you of protecting the time so I don't lose the will time. Persist. Uh, you are recognized again, Mr. Jordan. Mr. Chairman, I, I don't see how this is outing the whistleblower. The, the witness has testified in his deposition that he doesn't know who the whistleblower is. You have said, even though no one believes you, you have said you don't know who the whistleblower is. So how is this outing the whistleblower to, to, to find out who this individual is? Jordan, uh, this is your time for questioning. You can use it any way you like, but what? your question should be addressed to the and witness. I'd like to... And your question should not be addressed to trying to out the whistleblower. Well, okay, okay. Uh, Colonel Vindman. There's another thing Mr. Morrison told us in his deposition. He said he was not concerned about the call itself. He said there was nothing illegal or improper on the call, but he was concerned about the call leaking, the contents of the call leaking. Excuse he said this. He was concerned how it would play out in Washington's polarized environment, how the contents would be used in Washington's political process. Excuse Mr. Me. Morrison was right. Excuse me, Mr. Jordan. Could I get a page? Page 44. Thank Mr. You. Morrison was right. The call leaks. The whistleblower goes to Chairman Schiff, staff. Then he runs off to the lawyer, the same lawyer who said in January of 2017 the coup has started against President Trump. The one thing the Democrats didn't, one thing they didn't count on, one thing they didn't count on was the president releasing the call transcript and letting us all see what he said. They didn't count on that. Transcript shows no linkage. The two individuals on the call have both said no pressure, no pushing, no linkage, but security assistance dollars to an investigation. So what do you think uh, Shifty Schiff, you know, I, I don't think Shifty Schiff even thinks, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> think the Democrats even think through this whole impeachment inquiry, this whole impeachment hearing. I don't think they would, they actually thought it through. I don't think they took the time to say, okay, what's going to happen if we do X, Y, Z? You may be on to something there, Will. I mean, they obviously did not see this coming. Uh, they're essentially admitting that this guy, this lieutenant colonel who looks like a chipmunk that, that's been genetically mutated with a frog, this guy, he is the uh, – he uh, apparently – I mean, this is what we're led to believe by what we just saw. He talked directly to the whistleblower. And by the way, this Venman character, he is something else. I was reading a report today that Ukraine, this horribly corrupt uh, country, had begged him to work and move to Ukraine and be their minister of defense. He would have – how can you even do this? So like, Will, this would be like if if uh, if if Japan asked you to go be the, the secretary of commerce. No, who had ever heard of something that insane? But this Vindman guy, essentially what he and Adam Schiff admitted is that Vindman spoke – to the whistleblower. Obviously, they didn't come out and say it, but that is the subtext there. You can't ask who he spoke to because that is verboten. If we say who he spoke to, well, then that will out the whistleblower. In other words, the whistleblower has been in on this since day one. He's been there from the start. This is a coup, like the lawyer wrote. This is a coup to destroy President Trump, and they're probably going to take the country along with them. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have another clip for you, Tom, that we want to play here. This is uh, another one. Uh, this is with uh, Nunes, right? I think we're on the right one here. Yeah, this is with Nunes, where uh, he acts like the the circus when he when he brings up how the whole circus took out took place today. 
they, they achieved nothing. They, they proved nothing except for that there are a bunch of, excuse me, a bunch of idiots. And this is the Democrats we're talking about. And they proved they're not getting anywhere. The, the, this whole thing is wasting taxpayer dollars. I wonder, Tom, how much money is actually being spent, taxpayer dollars, for this whole impeachment thing? Has anyone tallied that up yet? I'm, I'm just curious because I can only imagine it's in the millions. I would love to know. And, Will, it's not only the money that's being spent, it's the opportunity cost. Every day this impeachment fiasco goes on, this this total hoax is perpetuated. The Democrats, this is actually the chamber, the very room that they would be using to pass the UMCA. So instead yes. of doing that, they're focusing on impeachment. Instead of doing things like infrastructure, like trade agreements, like everything that President Trump is trying to accomplish, everything that Congress is duty bound to do. Instead of doing that, they're focusing all of their efforts on impeaching a duly elected president who did nothing wrong. Okay, let's go to this video. This is number eight. This is where Nunez, where he said the, the whole circus, you know, the whole circus is, is over. Act one of the circus, basically. Let's go to it. Act one of today's circus is over. Uh, for those of you who have been watching it at home, the Democrats are no closer to impeachment than where they were three years ago. In the process, they've the Department of Justice, FBI, State Department, elements within the IC, the ICIG, have all suffered long-term damage. The Democrats can continue to put to poison the American people with this nonsense. We sit here all morning without any evidence for impeachment which would be a very serious crime, high crime and misdemeanors, as it says in the Constitution. No such thing. Policy disagreements and the Democrats' failure to acknowledge their involvement in the 2016 election, I would say it's astonishing, but that would be putting too little emphasis on their actions. With that, I yield back the balance. Yeah, you know what? There, there's nothing there. The do-nothing Democrats are just proving to everyone in America that they're doing nothing but causing issues. That's it, Tom. The do-nothing Democrats. That is their name. That's what, that's what yeah. it should be on the DNC. The do-nothing DNC. The do-nothing Democrats. Because we're not going to do anything. <laughs> we haven't done, they haven't done anything positive for this nation ever. Especially the last no. plus, uh, the last three years. Well, that's right. I mean, Congress as a body, I mean, there's a reason why it's uh, repeatedly the least popular branch of government. I imagine it even gives the DMV a run for its money. And it's because they are, instead of doing their job, the, the Congress hasn't done its job probably as long as I've been alive. Maybe in those early days when I was like, you know, one, two, when Bill Clinton was being <laughs> impeached in the House, maybe then they were kind of doing their job. But instead of doing their job, they're trying to, in their minds, rectify the 2016 presidential election in which we got the glorious President Trump, and that is what they're focusing on. And again, this is a desperate attempt. This is the, the final hurrah, their big last push to try to unify the Democratic Party before the 2020 election. And with this miserable performance, I don't think they're going to get it done. No, they're not. So we have a uh, clip, or we have actually a picture here. This is an old picture of Shifty Schiff, and I believe this picture may be before he uh, joined Congress. I think it is. Yeah, okay, there he is now. 
And let's see how he was before. Oh, there he is. Can you see the resemblance? <laughs> it's <Shifty> uncanny. <laughs> Except I must say, I did not know. I don't, he must have had some surgeries because his neck got much longer since then, Will. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's like a turtle too, right? I mean, this is Shifty Shift. That is him biggest day. Straight up lying constantly to the American people, which you should be held contempt, my opinion. You should not be able to be a politician and blatantly lie to the American people and nothing happens. We'll be back. I want to talk about this Vaso beat. Now, when I say that I really love this stuff, I talked to the crew during the break and I said, please find me a bottle. It says take two dropper fulls daily. And I've already taken one this morning. I'd like to spread it out. Now I have taken both of them at the same time just because I love this stuff. But for the most part, I'll take it throughout the day. I'll take one in the morning and I'll take one in the evening. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this live on the air. So actually, let me let me put a drop here on the paper here so you can see the actual color. Look how dark that is. And see, it just doesn't run. It just doesn't bead immediately. Look at that. I mean, it's like holding its form, but it's liquid. It's almost like the, the color of blood, right? Can you see that? Look how red that is. Now, when you put blood together all in one drop, it is dark. Same thing with this. And this works. This is very good for your blood system as well. It's absolutely wonderful. Okay, so now I have to be really careful careful here because if I get it on my suit it's going to remain on my suit and I don't even know if I can take it to the dry cleaners and get it out okay so I'm real careful here here we go here we go Oh, it's so good. I love it. You've got to try it. You can't afford not to, right? It's not like your typical beet juice that you buy in the store. It almost has that wow factor to it, that wow factor. I absolutely recommend it. And I'm not just saying it because to get you to buy something. I'm saying it because these products actually work, and they're so nice. They're so nice. Why do you think the globalists want to take out InfoWarsStore.com? Why do you think they want to do that? They want to get rid of InfoWarsStore.com because they're selling products that's beneficial to your body. The globalists can't have someone selling you something like that. Why? Because it means you possibly will live a lot longer than they anticipate. And they don't want that. They can't have that. All right. So here we are. I actually have the bottle here still. I'm going to take some more because I haven't taken my second one today. And the Vaso Beats, I love this bitter. I love the bitterness. I love the sourness. I mean, like I said before, my kids said, Dad, you're weird. You're weird. How do you do that? And they said, it takes a special person, right? <laughs> but you know what? When you know that you're going to take something that's actually beneficial to your body, and you know that your body needs it and it works. I mean, and for me, it tastes, it tastes really good. Most people will get past it. You know, I don't need to hold my nose while I take it. But like I said in the, the little commercial spot there, I have to make sure I don't get it on my suit here because it will remain on my suit. Mm hmm. Oh, I love it. I mean, I love it. Now, I take one in the morning, and then I take one in the evening. I like to spread it out. 
because uh, it's 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 pretty strong. It's pretty strong. But like I said, I like the taste. A lot of people don't like beets in the first place. But if you do like beets, you enjoy beets, then you're really going to love this. So if you don't or if you haven't gone to InfoWarsStore.com to try out the products, because right now the Black Friday is going on. You can't lose. You get awesome products for an awesome price. Right now with the Black Friday going on, it has arrived. The sale has arrived up to 70 per, 70% off free shipping, double Patriot points. You can't lose on this. I mean, if you, if you ever had that, that moment, you say, you know what? I would love to try some at some point. This is the time to do it right now because it's on sale and you can't lose. That's most of the time when I take advantage of something because I see it's on sale and I say, you know what? I'll go ahead and try it now because it's on sale. And I wonder how is it they can do it like this and because it's so wonderful. And to be honest with you, once you get it and you feel the difference in your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, you're going to want more. That's how I am. Every time I'm like, I don't, I haven't had it. I haven't had it. So I'm very thankful the crew found that bottle and it's still here. And I take it every time I forget to take it before I come on in the broadcast. All right, firepowernews.com. We'll be back after this. You're supposed to administratively. So if you speak, if you ask the constitutional question, it's important that that administrative process uh, be carried out. That whether it's the Obama administration or the Trump administration, that there is an administrative process that you're supposed to go through, and this administration didn't do that. And so because of that, I hope that the court will uphold a DACA. What does that mean? Uphold the decision that was made, but then say, okay, those folks yeah. are grandfathered in, but going forward, it cannot be constitutional? Are you hoping for some sort of remedy that way? Uh, well, what I'm hoping they'll say is that the rescission by the Trump administration cannot take effect was illegal because of the way they did it administratively. So the program would then continue. I mean, look, Chuck, ultimately, as you know, uh, ultimately, it's the Congress, be done Congress has to step right? up. Right. Yeah. The Congress has to step up. We, we came close a few years ago when we, when the Senate passed comprehensive immigration reform, which would have put these dreamers on a path to citizenship. And John Boehner, because of the Hastert rule, refused to put it on the floor for a vote in the House, even though there yeah. were about 230 members of Congress who would have probably voted for it. And then he, I think he refused to put it on the floor for a vote because he was scared of losing his speakership. And then he resigned the next year from his speakership. Uh, so the Congress has to step up and do this as well. Okay, so, you know, he, the Democrats are, like, pushing this whole DACA thing, right? And <clears throat> they, they're pushing it like they're, they're, they're concerned about humans, they're concerned about children, they're concerned about the people that's living in the country that came here illegally in the first place. And you will recall, when Trump said that let's do something about the DACA situation right now, let's see if we can fix this, let's see if we can resolve this right now. But that didn't, but you know what happened? The Democrats completely ignored President Trump when he said, okay, let's fix this. Let's see if we can make a pathway. And the reason why I remember it 
is because I had a, and I said, you know what? President Trump is doing the right thing because the people are here. And I remember I, the floodgates from people on the right, conservatives started sending me messages saying, Will, this is terrible that President Trump is doing this. And I had to remind him, I said, you know what? President Trump has a huge heart. He loves this country so much. He's willing to give up a lot to try to make this country better. And he can't, he can't ignore the fact that they're here. And we are good, decent people in this nation. Now, with that said, there's a lot of people that come to this country. They came illegally. They are not all evil people. But see, the problem is you have a lot of evil people that come with them that put a blanket over the good people that's trying to get here for, for a better life. See, that's where the problem comes in. And I remember when President Trump said, let's work it out, the Democrats completely ignored him. So it nothing ever came of it. Nothing was ever resolved. So now we're back. So now this was like last week where the Democrats come back all of a sudden. Now they want to act like they're all about immigrants. They're all about the DACA people that are here because they get to push that narrative. Now, with that being said, there's an article right now. And I'm see if I can pull it back up here. There's an article right now where uh, Pope Francis <clears throat> and let me see if I can pull it up. Pope Francis, this is in a prophecy in the news. Okay. Prophecy in the news.com. I was sitting there reading this and I'm like, I couldn't believe this. It says Pope Francis told the Italian newspaper that the United States of America has distorted vision of the world. You hear me? They, uh, Pope Francis said that the United States of America has a distorted vision of the world. And he says, it goes on to say that the Pope Francis told uh, the reporters that he was very disturbed at the G20 uh, summit that took place between uh, President Trump and Vladimir Putin. He said it really disturbed him because the whole thing was about immigration. He said, this is, he said, this is why the G2, G20 worries me. Uh, it mainly hits immigration, Pope Francis says, according to the AFP. See, it's been taught where Pope Francis said that we don't need to have any borders. We need to have open borders everywhere. We need to remove a border everywhere. Why? Because that globalist system. And the Democrats go right along with that. Why do you think they're so tough on removing the borders? They don't want a border wall. They said it's racist. They said the border wall is pointless. The border wall doesn't do anything but spend money. No, the border wall is a deterrent from people just freely coming in, people having the easy access from trafficking children, from bringing drugs, from just walking across killing Americans. That's what the wall does. It's a deterrent. Granted, you're going to have people that can find some kind of way because people are people. That's the reason why we're able to put rockets out in the space because people innovate. People can think beyond a wall. Okay. That's, but it is a deterrent. But my whole point is the Democrats talk about DACA and how they're for, uh, uh, open borders and how they don't want to vet these people when they're coming into our country. Pope Francis is for open borders. And he just came out and said that America needs to go along with the one world order. He said, uh, an American, he said, Americans must be ruled by a world government 
as soon as possible for their own good. Do you, did you hear that? This is, this is the, this is the current Pope. Now, a lot of people say because this Pope, uh, I've had, I've had Catholics tell me that this Pope is the last Pope. President Trump is the last president. So think about that. Many people have said this, that President Trump is the last president. This Pope is the last Pope. Where does that leave us as a society? Where does that put us? I believe we are at the end times because we see all of this demonic stuff taking place. All this demonic things that are that are infecting the minds of people. It's all coming to the forefront. And most people don't even want to acknowledge it. And some people send me messages saying, Will, you're fear-mongering. You're trying to make something out of nothing. I didn't make any of what the Pope just said. It's right there. You can go to Prophecy News, prophecyinthenews.com. And it's not the only location you can find this. But for him to make the statement that the, um, the America must, must be ruled by a world government as soon as possible for their own good. Did you, have you heard that about this topic, Tom? statement by the Pope, but I have heard, and it was reported widely in Breitbart and by lots of reputable outlets, that the Pope is calling to add uh, ecological sin, sin against climate change or some such nonsense, to the Catholic doctrine. So the Catholic Church, and uh, my heart goes out to the traditional Catholics that are out there, uh, a couple of them write for me over at National File. I understand what they go through on a daily basis with this person who is considered by some to be an apostate at the the head of the Catholic Church. I mean, this guy is as sick as sick gets. And unfortunately, I mean, this is a great test of faith, not just for Catholics, but for Christians of all denominations, as we have this guy, the pontiff in Rome, who is essentially become a mouthpiece for the globalists, a mouthpiece for the uh, Islamo-fascists, and a mouthpiece for all of the degenerate sin in this world. Yeah. And you know what is... And a lot of people say, I, I constantly say, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And be honest with you. When I would say it's going to get worse, I'm just saying it's going to get worse because I know it's going to get worse, right? But I wouldn't say how it's going to get worse. The way it's going to get worse is because the Democrats, the leftist, communist, socialists are indoctrinating our children today. And when our children become our age, Tom, even as, as young as you, when the, 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 the girls and boys, when they become young adults, they're going to have this militant idea in their, in their heads that the whole climate change, the whole homosexuality, all of that, we need to follow that. And anyone who speaks out against that, they're going to deem an enemy of the state. Christians are going to be in trouble. And a lot of people say, oh, the rapture is going to happen before all that take place. We can have a big discussion on that. Because I don't think no one's going to be exempt. Because if that was the case, you would be exempt from all the stupid stuff the Democrats are doing today. That's my opinion. All right. So we'll be back. We're going to have a guest by phone when we come back from this break. Firepowernews.com.
As I stated during my deposition, I feared at the time of the call on July 25th how its disclosure would play in Washington's political climate. My fears have been realized. I understand the gravity of these proceedings, but I beg you not to lose sight of the military conflict underway in eastern Ukraine today, the ongoing illegal occupation of Crimea, and the importance of reform of Ukraine's politics and economy. Every day that the focus of discussion involving Ukraine is centered on these proceedings instead of those matters is a day when we are not focused on the interests of Ukraine, the United States, and Western-style liberalism share. You know what it is, Tom? They actually discovered that uh, President Trump was doing what he's supposed to be doing and trying to weed out the corruption. And what's really, and I was going to think about this earlier today, Tom, that, and, and I've yet to hear anyone in the mainstream media talk about it saying, well, they found, they, they said that President Trump was looking for corruption with Ukraine, trying to find on the Bidens. But is the mainstream media talking about the corruption that took place when Obama was in office? I mean, really, it's like, put two and two together. Obama was in office. The corruption was taking place. The current president of Ukraine ran against corruption. And Obama didn't help him out. Obama gave him blankets saying, oh, we're not going to help you. But, oh. When this president comes in, President Trump says, "Okay, we're going to give you actually means to protect yourselves from Russia. Well, this is really nothing new, Will. The Democrats don't care about corruption until they can use it against a Republican. I mean, just look at some of the controversies from the Obama administration. They they pretend, they they lie repeatedly that the Obama administration had no controversies whatsoever. It was a it was a controversy uh, free. It was a it had there were no scandals. A scandal free presidency. Never forget, never mind. Fast and Furious, where Eric Holder, who keeps saying he's going to run for president, God forbid, he sent guns to Mexican cartels so they could sell them back into America. Never forget Benghazi, where Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama left Ambassador Stevens to die and to be brutally, I can't even say what they did to him. They they did horrible, unspeakable things to this man that we cannot show on television, that we cannot even describe on television. Never forget any of this. So the Democrats are completely fine to ignore immense, unbelievable, insane corruption so long as it serves their best interest. Now, the second a Republican has an issue, the second they can they can twist something, because a Republican doesn't even have an issue here, but the second they can twist something to make a Republican look bad, then all of a sudden they're the party of accountability. It's rank hypocrisy, it's disgusting, it's, it's so tiresome, and I think more and more American people, and I know our audience at Banda Video, more people, especially this audience, are uh, totally aware of what the Democrats are and what they stand for. Yeah, and let's not forget about the IRS looking into certain people under the Obama administration that they didn't agree with. I mean, seriously, and there was no scandals? I mean, they, they said there was no scandals, and, was, and then they go, and then you hear the left, they're constantly talking about, well, no one was indicted under Obama because the Republicans were just trying to do their jobs because they all know that the corruption in the government is completely there. That's why there weren't any indictments, people, because the Republicans were trying to do their job. Well, and I'll granted, go one further, Will. The Republicans were weak under Obama. They was, didn't do their job. I was getting ready to say, the same they, were trying to, they were trying to do their job. Did, were they good at doing it? No, I wouldn't say that they were because look where we are today. Look at the state of America. Right. 
So we actually have Howie Louie on, or Louie Howie, on the phone with us. And I actually saw the video where he was trying to talk to these people and said, look, the real enemy are the, the elitists. The real enemy are the people that's trying to have us at each other's throats. And then as soon as he brought up that, you know, he supports President Trump, then they were like, oh, but Trump is the enemy. No, Trump is outside of that realm. And I know you want to, I know you have a lot to say about him. So I'll let you do the proper introduction of Louis. So, so Louis Huey, of course, he's host of Major League Liberty, a successful podcast based out of Colorado, covers worldwide issues, covers President Trump very well. So he is, of course, a Colorado proud boy. He's been on the show before. Uh, and as, so what happened is he went to an event here recently where it was a Charlie Kirk event. Donald Trump Jr. was there. It was a very controversial event. But Antifa was protesting outside the event. And he, as usual, being a, a personality, being somebody who has a phone and a camera and likes to have uh, hopefully productive conversations, was attempting to speak to the Antifa. Well, the Antifa attempted to, it looks like on video at least, attempted to attack him and his friend Josh Gillespie, and as a result, the police separate them. The police ended up writing a ticket to Mr. Gillespie, and now in a seeming repeat of what the police did to the Proud Boys in New York, where they're doing four years each of prison time for the crime of defending themselves against Antifa, uh, Mr. Gillespie is being threatened with 18 months in jail or in prison for the crime of, I guess, being in the presence of an Antifa member. So, wow. Louie, we had some trouble with our Skype getting you on, so we've got you via phone. Thank you for joining us. Please break this insanity down, and maybe the control room can put some of the B-roll uh, with no volume on while you do that. Hey, it's good to see you guys. Yes, I am sitting here right now with my right-hand man, Josh Gillespie. So, yeah, last month there was a Charlie Kirk event up in Fort Collins. And so, you know, we're calling our problem. We're going to go up to this event. We're going to go see what's going on. So we go up there, and turns out Turning Point gave out more tickets than were available. So we were left out in the, you know, we were left out to dry outside. Stuck with a bunch of Antifa jerks, basically. And... We went out there and like saying, hey, we want to have, you know, dialogue with you. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about our country. We don't want to hurt you. None of that. So what ended up happening is we go up to the Antifa horde. We say, hey, let's have, let's have some dialogue. Let's have a conversation. What ended up happening is two Antifa members ended up attacking my right-hand man, Josh Gillespie, and they ended up giving him a ticket for being unruly with police officers. And then now they want to threaten him with 18 months, which is the maximum, for standing in a bike lane. While there were at least 50 other people standing in the bike lane. Now, the only reason why they're charging Josh with this is because he's a proud boy. Uh, I also have Josh here with me. He's about to say it right now. Josh, what do you have to say? Yeah, basically, Louis has it right. Um, we showed up there with tickets to go to an event, and we were left out in the cold. Um, by turning point to basically just confront Antifa on the streets. We, Antifa was standing between us and our cars, basically. So uh, at some point, we had to make the effort to get through them to get to our vehicles anyways. So we were saying, hey, let's let's go get some video. Let's try to get these people to talk to us. Let's debate them. Let's, they won't meet us for a debate, so let's just debate them on the streets right now. And in the process of this, uh, we were the, the police had asked us multiple times, to, they said they asked us to stay out of the bike lane, so we 
comply with the first request. They asked us to get out of the bike lane. We got out of the bike lane. Then they came through again. They asked us to uh, get on the sidewalk and out of the street. And so we complied with their request, and we as Proud Boys made sure that everybody on our side of the street was compliant with them. Um, when we went to the other side of the street to actually have dialogue with these people, uh, we ended up getting surrounded by Antifa um, and some Black Lives Matters and some um, AM. Okay, hold, 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 your, hold your thought right there. Hold that. We'll hear more about Antifa and BLM after the break. We're going to go to a hard break. All right, we'll be back in a minute. in the fire of truth firepower with will johnson welcome back to firepower i am tom pappert co-hosting with will johnson our guests joining us via phone are louis huey and josh gillespie they are two proud boys from the great state of colorado josh gillespie is facing 18 months in prison for the crime of i guess standing in a bike lane or not on the sidewalk in the presence of antifa you see when antifa is there you must bow down and back away and leave the area because antifa Supreme. So, Josh, right before we went to break, you were detailing what's happened. You just said that you were in the bike lane. The police asked you to leave. You complied. You took a step back, got on the sidewalk, and essentially the police kept going after you because an Antifa member was getting in your face. So continue telling the story. Yeah, so we went to the other side of the street to get some video footage, and uh, so basically they surrounded us. So we were surrounded by not only Antifa, but Black Lives Matter and BAM activists. They surrounded us, and they started screaming at us, trying to confuse us, trying to create some kind of confusion. But we, we held our uh, composure, and we really were just trying to have conversations with people. And at some point, I started getting physically assaulted by these activists. Uh, there, were, there were all women that were hitting me. Um, so all I had to do was, could do was literally put my hands behind my back to show that I wasn't doing anything aggressive towards anybody while I was getting hit. And I was just saying, stop hitting me, stop hitting me, please. I'm trying to, I'm trying to have a conversation. And at that point, the police grabbed me really hard and pulled me back. And at that point, they put me in two cuffs and said that they were going to charge me with obstruction of a, of a public officer, a public official. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then I went to court just recently for that. And the district attorney told me that she didn't want to give me any kind of a plea deal, that they were going to recommend maximum penalties, and that I was just going to go in front of the judge, and it was going to be up to the judge. And being that I didn't know who the judge was, and I didn't know really the situation I was getting myself into in this city, I decided to re- to put this over for a uh, jury trial and get myself uh, an attorney. That's, you know what, that's crazy <clears throat> that the police officers would do that. And I like to bring this up a lot because this is I, I connected to how police officers know for a fact that Antifa is anti police officers. The Democrats are anti police officers. Uh, the AOC, the Socialist Democrats, are anti police officer. You Proud Boys are pro police officer. Conservatives are pro police officers. Pro America, pro Trump. But yet you have police officers that's doing this to people that support them. 
it, it reminds me of black people just doing the same thing to Republicans when Democrats want to want to keep black people and white people and brown people, everyone in a slave mentality. Why? Why do you think that the police officers are doing this? Is it is it like a uh, are they getting their orders a specific vendetta against the Proud Boys? What I want to say, yeah, Louis. Uh, what I want to say is that what they're doing to us right now is the same thing they're doing to Roger Stone, the same thing they're doing to Paul Manafort, the same thing they're doing to Donald Trump. Yep. They want to plaster us up on the wall right now and say, "How dare you stand up?" How dare you stand up for America? How dare you stand up for your voice? And how dare you stand up for being a freedom-loving American? They want to plaster us on the wall, and, and that's it. They want to politically murder us. I think that you're completely correct there, Louie. So I, I'm glad that you went for the jury trial, Josh. I'm glad that you didn't leave this in the hands of an unelected judge. I, I believe uh, Colorado is in the Ninth Circuit, uh, so God knows who this judge would have been. But uh, tell us a little bit. I mean, what? Uh, I, I obviously we don't want to get you in any trouble, so if you can't comment, please just say so. But what is the plan going forward? Have uh, Have you been able to get in touch with a lawyer? What is the defense? I mean, this is insane. Your crime is standing in the presence of an Antifa, and you see Antifa, they're controlled by George Soros, they're controlled by the left, so they are God. So you're supposed to just back away and cry like a hermit crab. Go go back into your shell. So what is your next step going forward? Um, I, I do have a line on an attorney. Um, I, I, uh, I have a lot of resources. I have a lot of people helping me out and going to bat for me here right now. I, I feel very fortunate. Just being a proud boy alone, it, I have a lot of resources available to me. So, um, yeah, I have an attorney. I'm going to be I'm going to be uh, talking with the attorney here soon, and we're gonna we're gonna work out my defense plan. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, George Soros. Everyone. People. These people are funded. It's so obvious that when we go to these events. That these ad, these they're paid agitators. These people are are paid to go to these events and attack us, and then they leave. Uh, when I was in cuffs, when I was when I was getting pulled away by the police, I pointed out to people who were attacking me because they were all getting in their cars and leaving after I got put in cuffs. And I said, those are the people who attacked me. Those women right there, those two women assaulted me. I want to press charges, and the police did nothing. The police didn't even question them. They just kept taking me away. It's very it's. A horrible scenario. This is what we're dealing with, Tom and Will. We are dealing with this right now. They want to make an example out of anyone that's willing to stand up, like Donald Trump. Anyone that's willing to not be a part of the establishment right now, they are going to lock us up and throw away the key. Make an example out of us. My poor friend Josh right now isn't even being given an, an out. He's not being given a plea deal. He's not being given any of this. They're going to give him the maximum, which is 18 months in jail for standing in a bike lane. And 18 months, 18 months in jail puts me in jail for the 2020 election so that I cannot vote for Donald Trump. Mm. I just feel like this is all planned. It's political. It's crazy. It's you know, it's like your, your biggest crime is being a white male and a Trump supporter. And because they're, they're taking that and they're using that to attack you. But then they say, you standing in the bike lane? I mean, come on. Dude, these people, these people have hit people over the head with bike lots. These people, these people have in, have have hospitalized other people, and I'm talking about Antifa. You never see conservatives going out attacking people, hospitalizing people. It's always been the left. 
What? I mean, it's like, this is insane. And a lot of people don't even recognize, and I've said this before, that if this attack that's happening on you guys is all geared towards white people specifically and Christians. And if people don't wake up and realize what's happening, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's not just gonna be a proud boy that they're going after for some reason, and they're, and they're picking on proud boys, but it's gonna be the everyday person. So this is just should be a wake up call to everybody. Exactly. Thank you, Will. And then you nailed it right there. We are the last line of defense right now. We are those guys willing to take the beating. We are. We are willing to take the beating for our political beliefs. We are willing to stand up for Christian, Judeo-Christian values and our country right now. And we are under attack, and they are going to give us the ultimate sentences every single time just to make their own point. And I'm sick and tired of it. My friend Josh here, he did nothing wrong. He actually put his hands behind his back after being attacked, jumped back and said, okay, I'm out of here, I'm out of here. And they took him away. And originally they charged him with not you know, complying with a police officer. He complied completely. And we do have video footage of this. So, Will, Tom, please, I will send you the video footage. I want you to see this. We can come back on in a couple days from now, but you have to see this. Josh was attacked by multiple Antifa members and took it very well, left the scene, listened to every single thing that the police officer had to say, and they still want to give him the maximum sentence. This is happening all across the country. What they're doing to Roger Stone, what they're doing to the New York boys, Proud Boys, they want to make an example out of us. And we've done nothing wrong. We have done nothing wrong. Louis. Louis, quickly, uh, we, we showed some of that footage as B-roll while you folks were talking. Uh, tell us, where can folks go to help out? Where can they go to review this footage themselves? Okay, so if you want to go so our podcast at Major League Liberty, MLL Podcast. Also, go to ProudBoysUSA.com. ProudBoysUSA.com. All right, yeah. awesome. Hey, well, yeah, we need to have you come back on next week sometime and give us an update on what's going on. Yeah, All right, sure. the best of luck to you. And uh, sorry you have to go through that. All right, cool. All right, everybody, we'll be back after this. Firepowernews.com. I wanted to talk about the death of Mr. Epstein. Uh, do you uh, concur with the, the opinion that it was a suicide? That was the finding of the coroner, sir. Okay. Do you have any evidence to suggest otherwise? I do not. How could this have happened? Unfortunately, sir, this thing is this uh, the death and the whole situation is still under the investigation of the FBI and the Inspector General's office, and I'm really not at liberty to discuss uh, specifics of this case. I can discuss issues around uh, institutional operations, but I can't specifically talk about that particular issue. Okay. Uh, with a case this high profile, there's got to be either major malfunction of the system or a criminal enterprise at foot to allow this to happen. So are you looking at both? Is the FBI looking at both? If the FBI is involved, then they are looking at criminal enterprise, yes. Do we have people in, in custody today of this high profile nature? Have we done anything to adjust since Mr. Epstein's death? Sir, we take every inmate's life very seriously in the Bureau of Prisons. Uh, a high-profile inmate is no more important or significant in terms of our operations than just the average inmate that comes our what way. I mean high-profile, somebody's on a suicide watch. 
I would like to explain our suicide watch system, if I may. I can't talk specifically about Epstein, but we have different tiers of response if we identify an inmate who appears to be uh, having suicidal thinking. And I came into the Bureau as a psychologist. I've worked with lots of suicide inmates. I was warded in our psychiatric facility in Butner, and I know how difficult it is to always be able to predict who is suicidal and who is not. But once an inmate is identified as potentially suicidal, we have a suicide watch operation that we can place them in. It's a very stark, very difficult setting where everything is stripped from the room except a mattress. They get a coarse gown like to wear that cannot be twisted in any way that they could hang themselves from it. They have one mattress and one blanket, and they are watched constantly. There's nothing else in that room. Mr. Epstein on suicide watch? Yes, he watched. However, the average time on suicide watch is only about 24 hours because it is such a stark and actually depressing situation. We then can move them to another tier of observation, which is called psychological observation. That happened in this case? I can't speak specifically, but I am sharing this with you so that you understand our procedure, sir. <laughs> Tom, I mean, you know, this whole thing is jacked up with Epstein. I mean, he was on suicide watch, and then I like I like how he, uh, he asked a question about Epstein being on suicide watch, and then she went into the procedure about the suicide watch. What takes place on the suicide watch? And then he had to come back and ask the question again. So if he's on suicide watch, I mean, he he was a high profile. I mean, probably the highest in in my lifetime on the suicide watch list. But yet he was able to suicide himself. <laughs> well, in my under, like, here's my takeaway, Will. I'll leave it at that. And I don't want to put words in the nice lady's mouth. I think she is actually working, uh, for the betterment of the situation. It sounds like to me, and if my memory serves, Epstein was on suicide watch, but I believe just before he somehow managed to, uh, kill himself, uh, reportedly, uh, not many people believe that, of course. Epstein didn't kill himself, but before that happened, uh, he was just taken off of that. And then he was put into that second tier that she was just describing. And earlier in that clip, she essentially admitted that, yes, they are looking at criminal possibilities. Could this be a conspiracy? Could this have been planned? We now know that the two guards that were stationed to guard Epstein have been arrested for falsifying the logs. We now know that they are pleading not guilty. So this is a massive development that I think aside from InfoWars and, of course, Bandai Video, it has been relatively ignored at this point. This is revolutionary. This is massive that the FBI, never mind what this crooked medical examiner said, never mind what the crooked people in the prison said, it appears that the FBI is taking this seriously, and I certainly hope that my gut feeling is right, because it seemed like everything she said was a coded message to let folks know, let Lindsey Graham and the Senate know that this is not going away, that this is going to be properly investigated at a higher level. Yeah, and you know what? I'm sitting there looking around here in the studio and um, these lights didn't hang themselves. I'm just <laughs> saying. There's no way. But you know what? You know who did try to hang themselves? Jussie Smollett. Maybe that's <laughs> where people, they, that's where they got the whole thing confused. Wait a minute. Jesse Smollett can hang himself. How come <laughs> FC can hang himself? I mean, we're this supposed is, to believe all that. Yeah. This see? is probably There's a good time as well. 
to uh, <laughs> there's a new product on infowarsstore.com of course our beautiful fantastic sponsor it's yes. a christmas sweatshirt and it's not an ugly christmas sweater either i mean it's gorgeous <laughs> there it is christmas lights don't hang themselves epstein shirt only 24.95 this is going to be a collector's item will especially if my gut is right and this woman is looking into this to find out what actually happened to epstein imagine if we get a an amended coroner's report where they say that the man killed himself this shirt is going to be worth thousands you've got to get it now at infowarsstore.com yeah you know what i want to i want to ask people please do me a favor go to the uh twitter page for firepower it's at firepower news on twitter and just send just put a comment on there send me a message saying i would love to see tom in that sweater and if i get enough people <laughs> if i get enough people this they're going to to subscribe okay connect with me follow follow the firepower okay there's multiple people on their firepower so it's not just me people look at it Subscribe to it, send a comment, say, I would love to see Tom. And if we get enough people, now I'm not going to give them no number out just yet, but if we get enough people, I will buy one of those shirts <laughs> personally and I will send it to Tom. So I'll then, be happy then we have to live get on the air. Yeah. Then we have to get you in a picture or live on the air, one or the other. It would be beautiful. I think it would be absolutely wonderful. So we have another clip talking about, you know, Christmas ornaments because they don't hang themselves. The studio lights don't hang themselves. Justice Smollett does. But we're going to let's go to this clip talking about Christmas ornaments and Jeffrey Epstein. Christmas ornaments, drywall and Jerry Epstein. <laughs> Name three things that don't hang themselves. It, that's what the American people think. That's what the American people think. And they deserve some answers. And I know that you're not in charge of these investigations. Yes, sir. But you talk to the people who are. And, and I need you to take a very respectful message today. Um, tell the American people what happened. And, and don't, don't rush it so that they don't do a thorough investigation. But you and I both know they can make this a, a, a top priority and get it done more quickly than they normally would. They need to do that. And I'd like you to deliver that message. I agree with you, sir, but I have no control. I mean, I, I can pass along the message, but the FBI and the Inspector General's office work on their own time frame. And, but I will definitely give you their message because I want the investigations completed as soon as possible, too, so that we can act. I have a feeling you know how to be firm. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Thank you. Thank you know you. what? You know what, Tom? I mean, yeah. If the American people deserve to know. Now, because he told her to be firm and get the information to let the American people know. I hope there's not a body bag in her future, mm. Hillary Clinton. I'm just no, saying. I certainly hope so as well. I'm just I mean, saying. She does I'm seem like saying. a tough lady. I mean, it seems like, I, I mean, I get good vibes from her. My gut's been wrong before, but I generally have a good feel for people. I think that she, uh, I think that she is in a difficult position and is trying her right. hardest to actually get some answers. But I mean, it, this is becoming a massive global meme. It's been everywhere. Of course, get your sweatshirt. But I mean, we just had Representative <laughs> Paul Gozar in the House of Representatives. He tweeted out over the course of eight hours in 23 tweets. He used the first letter of each tweet 
to spell out Epstein didn't kill himself. I mean, that's how massive this meme is getting. And some people laugh like, oh, it's just a funny meme. This is dead serious. And this is really the power of memes. It's the power of information warfare. We have made this go from a fringe conspiracy that Epstein didn't kill himself to so mainstream. We have Lindsey Graham, Paul Gozar, Mr. Kennedy, everybody and their dog is saying that Epstein didn't kill himself. That's because, folks, you can't break your hyoid bone. It's very unlikely at the very least to do that, to break a a bone near the Adam's apple in your neck with bed sheets from a dank, dark, musty prison shell. It doesn't happen that way, Will. No, you're absolutely right. So we're at the end. Tom, it's been an honor to be on here with you again. It's been a blessing for everyone to join us. And thank you for sharing the link at band.video. And thank you. God bless you for sponsoring, for helping our sponsor by going to our sponsor, InfoWarsStore.com. Because of you is the reason why Tom and myself are here every single weekday night from 7 to 9 Central. Band.video. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. God's willing. We will see you tomorrow. God bless you. God bless Tom so everyone can see. All right. I'm excited, Will. I knew when I came down here to do the show in person that I was going to have to try this at least once.